When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Welcome to our big broadcast. It is the next edition of the World Famous Chicky Jaguar Radio Broadcast. Thanks for tuning in to the big program from the KJAG Radio Studios in Hutchinson, Kansas, unfortunately. We are live, 2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, and 1 PM Mountain Standard. Of course, we're 24-7 at JiggyJaguar.com on the TuneIn apps, on-demand podcast via iHeartRadio. Live video via our supersonic website at J-I-G-G-Y-J-H-E-Y-R.com. Selected editions on AMFM247.com and 50-plus AMFM stations in the big network, including our good friends out there in South Florida. We are internationally live on Leicester 107.5 FM in the United Kingdom, Friday nights during the drive time hour. And you can follow us on social media as well. Find our daily uploads to YouTube, live video on Twitch, Facebook, and Periscope as well. And broadcasting each and every week on the Roku via AMFM 247 network each and every week. And the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Broadcast is live, so we are now going to go to our first guest. He is going to join us here on our big program. And uh, I'm not buttoned all the way. What the hell is that all about? I'm not buttoned all the way. I don't know. We uh, we, we are going to go to our first guest here in just a few seconds. And uh, we, all, we also have with us today, uh, we're going to be chatting oh. with the great Dan Perkins and IQL Rizzoli as well. And uh, we have got Troy Anderson with us today. He has a tremendous, tremendous topic, a uh, fantastic book as well. That book is uh, just amazing. It's the Military Guide to Armageddon. And... Uh, Troy joins us here on Skype. Troy, how are you, my man? Oh, I'm uh, great. It's uh, it's great to be on your show. So this book is absolutely amazing. Uh, you co-authored this with Colonel David Jacob Mora. Tell us about this book. Yeah, so uh, several years ago, the, the Colonel, uh, my co-author, uh, Colonel David Giamona, got a hold of me out of the blue. And... Uh, he, at that time, he'd written a book called The Making of a Warrior, and he asked me to help him uh, write and edit it and, and get it published. And it, it just struck me, you know, because I knew about these polls that show uh, about 70 to 80% of, of, you know, the country highly respects the military, far higher than any other uh, profession. And so I thought, yes, if, if, if uh, America, you know, listen to anybody about the dangers we're facing, about what's really going on, they'll listen to a U.S. Army chaplain colonel. And so we began the process to write this book, and it just came out on January 5th and uh, became a number one bestseller. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we've got Dan Perkins with us today, and... Um... Dan, uh, do you have any questions for our for our guest here? I do. In fact, uh, thank you for joining us today. Um, I wondered if you've had a chance to see the release this morning of the communications between the Defense Department and the mayor of Washington, D.C. on the deployment of the National Guard on January 6th. Did you see that? Any of that letter today? I, I didn't. I didn't see it. What, what, what did it say? Basically, yeah. at the uh, 
the def- the de- defense department was only going to deploy the national guard under a, under very serious circumstances and they 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 were not interested in getting involved oh, wow. okay i see <laughs> uh, yeah i mean that's not that's not surprising uh you know i mean the the, the I'm sure you know many people in the military have questions about you know this this deployment that uh, in Washington D.C.'s extended deployment. I know the colonels express some concerns about this. Well, I, I look at it from the standpoint it, is that it 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 appears, based on the way the letters between the from from the Defense Department and the and the government of uh, Washington D.C., who was pleading for help. Um, is that um, it appears that somebody was intimidating the Defense Department not to react because these requests were made before the actual protest. And they put down, the Defense Department said, uh, if there would be less than 100,000 people, then the local, local forces should be able to deal with it. So after that, more than 100,000 people, everybody was scrambling to try and figure out what to do. Yeah, I mean, we we live in unprecedented times. I mean, we've never seen what's happened in the last year. I mean, I've been a journalist for thirty years. I've never seen anything like this before. The loss of freedoms, the, the restrictions, you know, these Antifa and the BLM, you know, riots last summer, the the lockdowns, you know, and now we've got the the Great Reset coming. The elite have announced. The Pope just came out today with a stunning statement. Uh, you know, we're, we're living in a whole new world. <clears throat> So where is this whole new world headed, in your opinion? Well, you know, I mean, I, I've, I've essentially been investigating this question for a decade. You know, I should be a reporter at the LA Daily News for many years. And about a decade ago, a friend told me about a, a prophecy conference, a Bible prophecy conference in Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. So I went there and I, was, I covered it for the Daily News and there were several thousand people there. And uh, my, my first co-author, Paul McGuire, is speaking and he said, the world is undergoing the greatest transformation since the Tower of Babel, a coming global government, cashless society, and universal religion. And when he said that, I, I flashed back when I was a kid and I read uh, Hal Lindsey's The Late Great Planet Earth. And it just struck me, if, th- if this was true, that this is one of the biggest stories in the world. So I, over the last decade, I've done over 200 interviews of major faith leaders. Uh, you know, Billy Graham told me several years ago that signs of the end of the age are converging for the first time since Jesus made those predictions. And then I've read hundreds of books, gone through tens of thousands of pages of government academic documents. And, uh, you know, even even on the, uh, there was like a recent LifeWay poll that came out. So nine out of ten pastors now see signs of the end times. And one of the things the Bible talks about is this push for some kind of new world system. And, uh, you know, the elite have openly come out and, and call for the great reset of capitalism. Openly detailed on the side of the World Economic Forum website, nations. So yeah, we're just living in unprecedented times, and there's a lot of what the colonel describes as asymmetrical warfare going on in the background between you know China, America, you know Russia, and Middle Eastern nations, and and you know what's known as the the deep state. And what does the prophecy tell you about the outcome? Yeah, so what, what the Bible details, if you know, if you read the book Revelation, uh, you know, different yes. uh, ch- chapters in Matthew and that kind of thing, and some of the Old Testament books, 
is that there there will be this this global system that will arise. A, a figure known as the Antichrist will ultimately preside over this. It'll be some kind of world government. There'll be a what's known as the mark of the beast, where you can't buy or sell unless you have whatever this mark is. And so, you know, for the first time in history, we're seeing all the all the technologies are in place for this kind of system to happen. We have a surveillance, you know, total surveillance state. We have electronic banking, artificial intelligence, uh, you know. Uh, mass media, you know, so that for the first time in history, you could actually have some kind of market of the beast where you can't uh, participate in the economic system unless you have this mark, whatever, you know, whatever that ultimately becomes. Where does the power go to? The, the power? Where does the power go to? Yeah. Who's ultimately going to be in charge? Yeah, so the Bible talks about this figure called the Antichrist, essentially a, a world dictator that'll assume power in some kind of national system for a, a brief period of time. There'll be, uh, you know, the Bible talks about different divisions, uh, but that's, you know, that's what the Bible predicts, a sort of a common interpretation of uh, Bible prophecy. So you think that the pastors that you're telling, they're telling you that they see signs of of the end of uh, yeah, you know, I, I've interviewed everybody from Billy Graham, Dr. Tim LaHaye, Hal Lindsey, uh, Pastor Drake Glory, uh, Franklin Graham, uh, you know, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, just sort of like a who's who of major faith leaders, and, and they, they believe that we are approaching uh, what the Bible refers to as, as the end times, sort of the, the stage is being set for this. And, you know, like I mentioned, there was a, a Lifeway research poll said, you know, nine in ten pastors now see signs of the end times and current events, so there's you know, a consensus on in the faith sector that this is, uh, you know, this is unfolding. And then but what's more surprising is, you know, there's there's experts in existential risk at Oxford and Princeton and uh, Harvard and MIT. You know, like Oxford has the Future of Humanity Institute. They issue annual reports on the top 10 threats, you know, facing the world. You know, of course, they talk about, you know, nuclear war, extreme climate change, you know, artificial intelligence run amok, an asteroid strike, you know, something like that. But they also have a global totalitarian government. So even Oxford, you know, lists this kind of, uh, you know, uh, world, you know, world system as a, one of the top dangers facing humanity. If you're looking for a, a world global totalitarian government, where does, where does it emanate from, do you think? Uh, well, you know, what the Bible talks about is the, uh, like, like the, uh, it uses terminologies for the elite, essentially, and that, uh, you know, that there's a, uh, some kind of like sort of behind the scenes power brokers that'll, you know, help usher in this system. And so, you know, if you just sort of read the news today, you, you see, see all this kind of stuff sort of, you know, the, all the pieces of the puzzle put together, something of this nature. And is there anything we can do to stop it? In your opinion? Uh, well, I mean, that's that's why we wrote this book, The Military Guide to Armageddon. It's actually a book about, uh, uses, you know, military uh, uh, tactics the colonel, you know, learned over three decades uh, in the military, but it translates those into spiritual warfare. So it's, it's, it's a book that is designed to help you grow in your faith, you know, walk in the uh, supernatural power of God. And, uh, you know, it takes you through what's called the making of a warrior process. So in the military, they have what's called the making of a warrior process where they transfer you from a... A civilian into a soldier who can fight in combat, and so we sort of translate that into uh, you know, biblical terms, spiritual warfare terms. <clears throat> and so this book is designed to help na help you navigate, you know, what's what's uh, most likely uh, unfolding here. Uh, but ultimately, all this is in God's hand. You know, the Bible says that no one knows the day or hour when all this is going to happen. And even though we see in the signs now, uh, ultimately, 
uh, you know, the, the balls in our court to a certain extent. And God, you know, people are not going to get the ball. So that's, that's the, the Bible thing. So isn't the Antichrist a precursor to the return of Jesus? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what what the you know so the common interpretation of Bible prophecy is that uh, there'll be a seven year period called the tribulation period in which you know all kinds of essentially terrible things will happen upon the earth. At the end of this, what's known as the Battle of Armageddon, Jesus and the armies of heaven return in, in the sky, as it says in the Bible, and and defeat the forces of the Antichrist, and and then you know essentially God you know sets everything right. You know, there's a period called the millennium, a thousand year period. Uh, Jesus reigns over the entire world, and at the end of that, uh, says that uh, you know God creates a new heaven and new earth and, and Jerusalem. And uh, you know whoever asks Jesus to you know for forgiveness of their sins, uh, spend eternity in, in this, this heaven, essentially. So if I, I uh, I'm not trying to be over simplistic. If you have a situation where the Antichrist comes first, and Christ comes next, and then you you just said there is a thousand year reign of Christ. There's a long time before we actually get to the end of time. Yeah. So the you know we're we're in that we're in what's called the church age right now. The the time from Jesus until the tribulation uh, ends. This the seven year period of you know tribulation trials and that kind of thing. Then you have the Battle of Armageddon, the, the second coming of Christ. Then you have this thousand-year period where Christ reigns over the earth. So, you, so you know, today, you know, people want to create some kind of utopian system. You know, we're, we're seeing, you know, we want to address the world's problems. It seems to make, you know, common sense that we should, you know, do what we can to address the world's problem. But, you know, ultimately, the Bible tells us that, you know, man is sinful. And so we, we could never create this, you know, heaven on earth kind of thing. So... So this millennial period, this thousand year period, follows the second coming of Christ, the Battle of Armageddon, the Tribulation, this is the period where Christ rules, and at the end of that, then, then the, the, you know, a new heaven, new earth, and a new Jerusalem is created, and that's when we can enter into eternity, essentially. Given the, um, the issue of, of the, the Antichrist coming, um, and the ut utopia that the Antichrist believers are looking to. We we clearly see examples of utopia being talked about, but the practical situation is the world doesn't have the resources to provide utopia for everybody. Oh yeah, yeah, I would say it'd be incredibly difficult. <laughs> I mean, we just look at world history. I mean, there's been many many leaders throughout world history, essentially, you know, different dictators. In empires that are, you know, tried to create some kind of system like this, and it's always, you know, massive bloodshed and loss of freedoms, and you know, we've just, you know, we've never been able to achieve this, and so, um, you know, the Bible essentially tells us that, you know, the humanity is going to try to achieve this in, in this, this period of time, but it, you know, it's going to fail and it's going to end in disaster essentially. The left in our country today, and perhaps around the world believe that they know how to make it work yeah i mean it sounds like that that, that they do that uh they, they believe that they can create this you know utopian kind of system and you know address many of the problems uh and uh, you know the bible tells us it's it's, it's uh um you know it's, it's a fallacy it's not going to happen i just saw uh and wrote a commentary on this there's 190 195 nations in the world, 130 of them 
according to the World Health Organization, have yet to give a COVID-19 shot to any of their population. Oh, I, I didn't so realize. That, yeah, 130 out of 100, 195. And the United States has something like 50%, 57% of all of the vaccinations given out. So, in fact, if you took all the vaccinations shots that are available in the United States, it would equal to the total population of the world to get shots. So, there's a huge disparity between the 130 who have nothing and the few states that have something. And yet, I don't hear the left saying the United States we should start sending this vaccine to all the other 130 nations that don't either have the money, the resources or whatever. And that's another example of, of elitism, as you talked about. But clearly, we don't know. Um, I wasn't surprised that you didn't know because a whole mess of people don't know that there's 130 nations that don't have a shot. So, um, I wonder what you're thinking about that. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, obviously that's a, um, you know, a situation of inequality, and and um, if if you know, there's there's you know, countless tens of millions of shots being uh, uh, developed. <clears throat> uh, you know, it calls into question how how this distribution system is working. Yeah, or not. Plus, you've got the uh, you've got the uh, authorities in the in the medical community. Like we got a we got a note this morning from the CDC that three foot is the new six foot. So you don't have to spend six foot apart in three foot if you have a mask. So the stories keep changing all, all the time, and and, and the American uh, who to believe and. They don't care that they're changing. It's just that this is the new edict. And this is what's going to happen. And I think it's um, it's an example of how the the elites are in control of things that, in my opinion, they shouldn't be in control of. So, um, but you know, I I don't know what IQ is. Is he with us today, Jim? I believe IQ is with us. IQ, can you hear us? I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm going to, I wanted to ask you, IQ lives in London. What's happening in England, IQ? Well, in fact, a lot of people have taken the Zeneca one in England, and they're doing fine. Although the latest information is that it produces side effects of blood clots. So they started a scare yes. Look, it's a vaccine. It was the fastest achievement of the Trump administration to have three vaccines all over the well in, in the Western world uh, to come to the fore, which usually takes five to ten years. So you can't have it perfect in such a short period of time. Nonetheless, more people are willing to take the vaccine than not to take the vaccine. So this inequality that we're talking about with 113, 195, it will always exist. This utopia is utopia. 
It's a cuckoo land, imagination. Humans will never always be equal. Not racially, not religiously, not economically, or It's a biological imperative. Whether we live, we like it or not, is irrelevant. It's a fact of life. Now, Troy is, Troy is talking about Armageddon. Ironic, uh, on the 9th of February of this year, I wrote an article called Three Minutes to Armageddon. While Troy is talking from the biblical, I was discussing it from the biblical, in the Middle East. Troy is also right because the Armageddon will be created by wars in the Middle East and from Asia and even from Europe. So what we have here is Israel and Iran. Iran has been threatening the Jewish state for 42 years with extermination publicly in the United Nations everywhere, and nobody, I mean not a single nation on earth stood up with the United Nations and said, get them out of the United Nations. So, silence means consent. The fact that nobody in the United Nations stood up against the Ayatollahs, it left Israel alone. The Israelis have experienced that they are always alone, from 1948 till 1973 and on. So my prediction is, as the Ayatollahs are ratcheting up everything, and attacking Iraqi, from Iraq they are attacking American tribes. From Yemen they are attacking Saudi tribes. The Houthis of the Yemen are even intending to send rockets all the way to Tel Aviv. So, when we are discussing this and talking about the second of the Bible, yes, it's going to happen. I predict... Now, what, what, do you, what, what, what do you think about that, Troy, with, with things going on in the Middle East? And he has no choice. What, 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 what do you think about that, Troy, with, with, with things going on in the Middle East? He, uh, I, I lost the last part there, but uh, you know what he said is uh, you know essentially the the Christian view too is that uh, you know the, the Bible is a, a, a Middle East centric book and uh, you know Israel plays a, a big role in this. You know the, the common belief is that the the rebirth of Israel in 1948 uh, sort of started this prophetic countdown. Yeah. And uh, we've we've seen so much happen. You know in those uh, this 70 year period of time. And so yeah, the Bible does talk about the Battle of Armageddon actually occurred in the Middle East, and a lot of this stuff is, you know, it's Middle East-centric, and, and, all, and many of the, the players, you know, the, the nations that the uh, Bible talks about, Turkey and Iran, those kind of things, Israel, you know, they're, they're all in place now with militaries and alliances and that kind of thing, so uh, the geopolitical situation also seems, you know, the stage needs to be set there for, you know, some kind of a, a war at, at some point. <clears throat> So, so Dan, uh, any 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 more thoughts here with, with Troy before we let him go for for today? Um, other than the fact that I'm scared to death, um, you know, it doesn't. He, he, it's not his fault. He's just reporting what he hears and what he sees, but it, it doesn't speak well for what's going to happen to the world over some period of time. It's almost like we're revisiting the dark ages and um, gloom and doom is, is there and 
the world is going to be in total disruption and freedoms are going to be lost. And um, in some respects, I'm also hopeful because what he's saying is that we will get through the the evil Christ and have a thousand years of reigns of the Savior when he comes back, which I hope he's saying will reverse a lot of what's happened. Do you believe that, sir? Yeah. So I, I you know, I do believe there's great hope. Uh, Actually, if you, I mean, yeah, yes, we're in a very dangerous uh, situation and, and state of the world. But if you, if you look back in American history, it was at times of great crisis, like in the, you know, American Revolution, uh, Civil War, World War II. You know, it seemed like all was lost. And then, you know, Americans stepped up and, uh, you know, sort of pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and did what was right. And, and I, I believe God intervened. Uh, in my last book, uh, it was called Trumpocalypse. We explored some of this stuff. And we actually called for a National Day of Repentance. There hadn't been one in America since the time of Abraham Lincoln. Most presidents from George Washington to Lincoln's time would call for what was called like a, a National Day of Prayer, Fasting, and Humiliation, a Day of Repentance. And But there hasn't been one since Lincoln's time. So we called for this. And a friend of mine, Reverend Cadman Jessup, uh, sort of picked up the ball and sort of networking and persuaded uh, Rabbi Khan to get on board. And then the, this actually happened on September 26th. It's called the Return National Day of Prayer Repentance. 100,000 people showed up at a national mall. Millions watched it online. And uh, Kevin was like a quarter million people made decisions for Christ. And so this is what the, you know, when I interviewed Billy Graham several years ago, he said this is what America needed to do. And, and it actually just happened. Um, so, you know, so that, that's why I say the ball is sort of like in our court and, and in, you know, in God's hands. And, uh, uh, you know, things could be turned around. The Lord could intervene. If, you know, there's many uh, stories in the Bible about judgment or something bad about to happen. Uh, Israel about to be invaded. You know, ancient Israelites would have such a sacred solemn assembly. And then God would intervene and things would turn around. So it could be at a point like that. So it's not necessarily faith that this is going to happen. But I, I think it's in our court. And then Reverend Kevin Jessup, he's, he's moving forward to do these return events in Africa and Europe, the Middle East and around the world in the you know, years to come. So, so there's hope. And ultimately, the hope is that Jesus will come back at some point and, and, and you know, set, set everything right. We'll have a just world. Do you think that the, uh, that the reaction in the United States of attacking the governments, attacking the churches, not allowing people to go to church, is part of this attack. Yeah, yeah. The you know we're seeing unprecedented deception. You know what the military calls asymmetrical warfare going on. You know propaganda, fake news. I mean, just the whole gamut. Just the Bible talks about a, a strong delusion that will unfold in the last days. A great deception, and you know per, perhaps this is part of it. You know we've, we've never experienced anything like this. So there's there seems to be a legal mass deception going on, and uh, you know I've, I've researched this. There's 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 literally think tanks out there to spend billions and billions of dollars to sort of manipulate the public and control what we you know, see and think and that kind of thing. And, and uh, we're in the middle of this now, so 
there's, there's a lot of it, it's hard to navigate it all but that's that's why i, I believe if you you read the Bible closely and study the Bible. The Bible will show you the truth. Jesus said, you know, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And the truth will set you free. And so, and, and, and that's what I've dedicated my life to, is trying to you know, bring the truth to, you know, to the public. And I, I believe strongly in the truth and, and figuring out what, what the truth is. So. There was an interesting article today where the Washington Post openly apologized to his readers about misleading them about the conversation between Donald Trump and the Secretary of State in Georgia on what he wanted that Secretary of State to do. And they contended that he told the Secretary of State, you got to find these votes for him. And they actually, have a, they actually had a copy of the tape. And when it was played, it was far from the truth. And so... The, the, the fake news, the misleading factors, it's still there. It's still there and causing significant problems because we made decisions, among other things, about the decision about impeaching Donald Trump again based on what the press reported to be the conversation that took place but it never did. And the American people got terribly, terribly misled. So we can't trust... We can't trust the media. Yeah, I mean, you know, I you know, I worked in the mainstream media for 20 years, and I you know still write for a number of different magazines, you know, mostly conservative and, and Christian magazines. But you know, in my entire career as a journalist, I've never seen so much you know misinformation and disinformation being spread through the mainstream media. I mean, it's it's, it's stunning. And, uh, you know, d different journalists that have retired and or, you know, roughly my age that I've talked to are they're also sort of blown away by just how much the media has changed. And, um, uh, you know, there, there's there's some kind of top down control that's much stronger today than, than it used to be, uh, certainly. So what do you think? What, what do you think happened to the news business that caused this? This tack to the left and to live and do whatever you can to defeat people who don't agree with what you how, how did the, what, what changed in the media where did it happen you know, I, I began to see this about a, a little over a decade ago. I was at, at the LA Daily News, and there were some things that happened that uh, you know, caused me to start thinking about this kind of thing. And and then uh, over the last decade, we sort of seen this acceleration. So, you know, there's, there's probably, you know, I haven't, you know, you know, read books or dug up anything that had any concrete evidence as exactly what's going on. But, uh, you know, the, it's just sort of common sense that there's been some kind of big change, maybe outside funding, uh, you know, there's, there's some kind of big changes that's occurred that, uh, and, and when you work in the media, you know, you sort of, you get the idea of what you can talk about, what you can't talk about, you know. It's just sort of uh, an unspoken rule, and uh, I think that's Does it go back to the school of journalism? Well, what's that? Does it go back? Does the fault go back to the school of journalism and what the, the professors are teaching the journalism students? Yeah, I mean, I, I went to the University of Oregon uh, uh, Journalism School back in the mid-1980s and early 90s. 
you know, back back then it was a long time ago. Back back then, um, you know, they they told you to you know essentially do whatever it takes to, to dig up the truth and they encouraged investigative journalism. And it was actually very inspiring. Some of the professors they had. I don't know what kind of changes have occurred in, in recent decades in, in the journalism schools. Uh, at least when I you know see my education, uh, you know, is somewhat liberal, but um, you know they they encourage you to. You know, Reveal the truth. Tell the you know be objective and as fair as possible, and reveal the truth. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get twenty percent below MSRP for an average of fifteen thousand one seventy eight under MSRP on the purchase of a twenty twenty three Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland four by e or Summit four by e. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.